Welcome to the Ignite Church Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We pray that this message will bring you hope and ignite your faith. Now lean in and enjoy the message. This new series, which I'm really excited about, we've titled it Relationship Goals. And I love me a relationship series. I don't know about you, but I love talking about relationships. Now, you know, it's funny because I've always liked talking about relationships. If you've known me for a couple years now and have heard me preach, I love preaching on relationships. Why? Because relationships are the most complicated thing in this world. How many say amen to that? Not all, how many women can say that men are complicated? Come on, can I get an amen? Now's your time, ladies. Scream it out. All right, now the guys. How many guys say that women are sometimes complicated? Can I get an amen? Wow, the men agreed harder than the woman. Okay, we're going to have some issues up in here. But I believe that relationships are the most complicated thing. Well, why? Why, Pastor Eric? Why do they have to be complicated and why are they complicated? Well, simple. It's two people trying to become one. Two people with different point of views, different likes, different priorities, and they're trying to get along with each other. Now tell me, is that easy? No, that's complicated, but it is doable, right? It is doable. How many here are married and they've been married at least for 10 years or more? Anybody here, can I get a, a, a round of applause for those people that have stuck together for at least 10 years or more? Come on. Relationships are amazing, and they were created by God. And everything God creates has a purpose. And that is the reason why he also want, he created relationships so that we could also be in relationship with him, with God the Father. Now today we're going to be talking about a couple things that I pray will bless you and encourage you. But if you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Genesis chapter 2 verses 18 to 24. It says like this in the NLT version. It says, then the Lord God said, it is not good... For the man to be alone. And how many men say amen to that? Man, the men are sleeping today. How many men say amen to that? It says, I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord took out of one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Verse 22, then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. And verse 24, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one say with me one say with me one this is a famous verse we all read and we all know about when God made man and woman 
and God created woman because Adam was there and he was probably all alone. He was looking at the different animals and he's like seeing, oh, they have their couple. They have their other significant other. The two giraffes are together. The two hippo, hip, hippos are together. You know, the, the two alligators and the two little birds and everybody's happy and singing and rejoicing. And there's Adam by himself and he's like, man. So God says, it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good. So he says that he created woman out of man. He took a rib from the man and he formed her and he said, here's the woman. And Adam said, "Woo! at last, at last. You know what? I imagine that day that Adam saw his woman, he freaked out. He said, ooh, mama, because she was naked. There was no clothes when she came and she was created. He was like, at last. Yeah, this is some good time now. Come on, stay with me, church. <laughs> a lot of people today probably feel like they're in the same boat, like Adam was. They see everyone else, they have their significant other. If you're single and you don't have anybody, you see people with their significant other. Or probably you're in a couple and you've been waiting to get married and you see everybody else is getting engaged and, and having weddings. And you're like, when is it going to be my turn? When is he going to give me the ring? Doesn't he see that I'm desperate for a ring? And then we're, we're like, and then the guy's like, oh, I'm just going to take my time. I'm going to work on my career. I'm going to get my finances in order. And there's the girl and she's holding on and she's waiting and she's like, when is it going to be my turn and you know and or or if you're single you're like how dare she get a guy if the guy only knew how she was look at me I got nobody why don't I got nobody and we live in a society that relationships are important but they're the last thing that is taken care of let's be honest we take care about our car we take care of our shoes for those of you who are shoe lovers we take care of our fancy handbags for girls that like fancy handbags we take care of our watches. We take care of our houses. But the last thing we pay attention to, which should be the first thing we focus on, is our relationships. And because we don't focus enough time on our relationships, we struggle. We fight. Divorce rate is the highest ever. Why? Because it's easy. You got $10,000, $15,000. You don't want to be with that person anymore. Go sign the papers. That's what the world tells you. But what does God say? What does scripture say about relationships? Sometimes we want, we want so much in a relationship that we don't even really know what we want. Let's be honest. Has it ever happened to you that you're scrolling through Instagram and you see a picture of a relationship and you're like, I want that. Oh. Now that's a relationship goal. I want that. I want what they got. Really? You do realize that that's not real. The picture where the husband and the wife are walking down the beach and they're holding hands and the, you know, they're looking like this and the picture's from the behind. That was a perfectly crafted picture. Edited. It took Oscar hours to do. And then we post it on Instagram. Oh. My bae. Ooh, my boo-boo. We're so lovely, lovey, dovey, dovey. Really? And so people see them, they're like, I want that. I want what they got. Do you? You do realize that, that ain't real. 
There's a story behind each picture you see on Instagram. I want to ask you, what is that that you want? What is that? What is the that that you want? Well, Pastor, um, I just want love. I, I want to walk, you know, have long walks on the beach. I want to be able to cuddle up near the fireplace. Remember, this is Miami. There's no fireplaces. I, I want to just have a relationship, a beautiful relationship. And sometimes we don't realize that we're so fixated on what others have that we don't consider the cost. We don't consider the cost. Do we even know what that couple has been or is going through? That we say, I want that. Not everything that shines, church, is gold. And not every picture on Instagram is a true testament of the status of the relationship. How many can say amen to that? Let's be real. Come on, let's have a real preaching, a real talk today. Let's get naked and unafraid in the kingdom, right? That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a series that is coming up in this year. For example, I have a beautiful family. Beautiful family. I have the most beautiful bride standing right, sitting right here in front of me, my beautiful bride and I. Anai and I have known each other for way over 20 years, and out of those 20 years, we were best friends. And those of you that know the story that we have preached before, you probably know a little bit of how we got together, etc. And we have beautiful children, beautiful kids, thank God, because I always prayed for beautiful kids, and they're the most beautiful kids. They are, they really are. You can't take them, they're mine. But listen... Anai and I have a beautiful relationship. We know sometimes how to end each other's sentences. We can look at each other in the eyes and know exactly what each other is thinking. We know each other's body language. But you might say, well, that's beautiful. I, I want that. But let me tell you something. Pastors too have issues. Pastors too have issues. Why? Because we as humans. And relationships are not perfect. If you want a perfect relationship, guess what? The only relationship that is perfect and the only one that will be perfect in that relationship, excluding you from the equation, is Jesus Christ. But if you want a relationship with that boo sitting next to you or that girl across from you or that person on Instagram or at school or at church or wherever it is, guess what? It's not going to be a pretty perfect relationship. It's going to be a good one, but not perfect. I wrote here a couple things that I wrote. For example, a little bit about me and my wife. I, I shared this with her before. I, 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 I publicly brought this out, okay? So I just got her, her approval, okay? I'm set on my ways many times. And she is set on her ways many times. So what happens? We bump heads. She's stubborn. I'm demanding. Hey, I'm not asking you to agree. I explode, she withdraws. On our road, our road has been many times filled with miscommunication at times, painful misunderstanding, hurt feelings, and I found this preacher's language, which I put here, intense conversations. What is intense conversation, aka fights? We've had many intense conversations, but we're still standing. And guess what? It's not the church that unites us. It's not even our children that unite us. 
Because let me tell you something. Satan sometimes sends kids to divide you. Can I get an amen from the parents? It's Christ that unifies us. Stay with me, church. It's Christ. I remember uh, one time we were dating. We are actually engaged. And uh, I, I got really upset. I, I usually don't get really ex- upset. But when I, when I do, I kind of explode. Right? And, and this was, she had never seen me ex- upset like this. She had never seen me upset. And I forgot why this happened. But she came over to my mom's house. We were, we were engaged, right? And I got upset at her, and I basically kicked her out. After I kicked her out, I'm like, oh, my God, what did I do? She's going to cancel the wedding. She's going to call it off. She doesn't want to be with me. So I begged her, like, for a couple days, even weeks, please forgive me, please forgive me, please forgive me. Why do I share my junk with you? So that you could see that we're in the same line. We're at the same level. Relationships are beautiful, but they're dirty. Relationships are amazing, but they require work. They require work. If you don't want to work, then don't get into a relationship. If you don't want to put the effort, don't consider being with someone. Stay alone. Stay alone. There's nothing wrong with being alone. Relationships are a blessing, but they're tricky because it's two people becoming one. Now, we don't always see eye to eye, my wife and I. We don't see eye to eye on how to discipline our kids. We don't see eye to eye sometimes on what to watch on TV. But she always wins. I always end up watching with her shows. We don't see eye to eye on what to eat. I like sushi. She doesn't like sushi. So I only eat sushi when I travel. Right? We don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. But because we don't see eye to eye, do we stop loving each other? Do we stop working for for one another? Do we stop being in relationship with one another? No, but we're living in a time and day to day that if you don't see eye to eye with someone, what do you do? You rant about them on Instagram. You kill them. You gossip about them. You get rid of them. We're going to see through scripture the importance of relationship. In this four-week relationship series, we're going to speak about four important things that will drive your relationship. Say with me number one. Say with me one number one. I can't hear you. The fans are very loud, so I can't hear you. Number one, Christ-centered. You want a relationship goal? Put away all the Instagram goals, all the prettiness, and focus on number one. You need a Christ-centered relationship. Christ-centered relationship. Week number two, we're going to talk about mission-driven in our relationship. Week number three, we're going to be talking about devil kicking. There's some spiritual battle you got to do sometimes in your relationship. You got to kick the devil in his behind and kick him out of your relationships. And last, we're going to end it with covenant keeping. Covenant keeping. That's going to be a beautiful service. You don't want to miss any of these services. But let's talk about Christ-centered. What does it mean to have a Christ-centered relationship? Well, in order for you to understand what it means to be Christ-centered, you need to answer this question to yourself. Ready? Are you ready? We need to acknowledge this. What is the center of our lives? What is your life centered around? And for those of you who are married, what is your marriage centered around? 
I'll give you a couple of, of, of things to help you understand this answer that you're, you're, you're trying to answer yourself. Is your life and your relationship centered around you? Around self? It's all about me? It's, it's all about what I want? What I think? What I desire? Is it all about Eric? Because if it is, your actions, your influence, what you believe in will always draw back to the center, which is you. Or how about this? There are many people that their relationship and their lives are centered around their kids. It's all about the kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we to gotta do this for the kids. We got to do that for the kids. It's, and you know what happens? I always tell this to my wife, right, because we're young, we're young parents. What happens is you focus so much on your kids. And I'm not saying you have to fo not focus on your kids. You have to focus on your kids. But what happens is the day your kids get up and go and you turn around and it's an empty nest, you don't even know the person sitting next to you. You're like, who are you? Because you didn't take the time to invest in your relationship. You were so invested in your children that everything surrounded or everything was centered on them or probably your life or your marriage is centered around your lifestyle your success your career your image how people see you oh my god i gotta take this picture be careful babe smile clean your teeth before we take this picture because we gotta be instagram perfect what happens the day instagram shuts down your relationship shuts down because you got no more image Oh, oh no, but we got we to gotta wear the Gucci, we got to wear the Prada, and we got to look a certain way, and we got to have Botox done, and there's nothing wrong with all that. But if your life is centered on that, it's superficial. Guess what? I've done Botox. <laughs> Botox is not permanent. Look, you can start seeing the wrinkles already. If your life is focused on superficial things, when the superficial ends, your relationships also end. So what does it mean to have a Christ-centered relationship? For singles, listen to this. For singles, what is your life centered on? What is it? What is your life centered on? There's this myth called the myth of one and this myth is this myth that we believe that we need to have someone in our lives in order to complete us oh I'm looking for the perfect one I'm looking for the right one I'm looking for that one that God has for me let, let me remind you something God does have someone for you but he doesn't choose it for you you choose you choose the person the beautiful thing about life is free will. And you get to choose the person that you want to be in relationship with and the person you don't want to be in relationship with. Now, I, I don't want to go there, but once you're in covenant, be careful. Be careful because God takes covenants very serious. Now, now what, is, what is this myth of one? Well, a lot of people think that if they're searching for that one and, and they make these ideas that, oh my God, he feels me. He makes me feel like bubbly inside. He's definitely the one. Oh, we, we get along so well. We, get so, we have so many things alike. Definitely, she's the one. Oh, did you see he or she goes to church? Oh, definitely the one. And we just keep 
on and on and on. Let me just stop you on your tracks and just expose something, a truth that would just break down this lie, this myth of one. No one will ever complete you. Only one, his name is Jesus Christ. No imperfect human being will ever complete you. Only Jesus Christ. I love all Pastor Craig Rochelle put this. He says, single is a whole number. For all you single people that think you need someone, be reminded of this. Single is a whole number. You already complete. Someone will not complete you. Will they compliment you? Yes. Complete you? No. Only Jesus can complete you. Only Jesus the only one that could ever and forever complete us is Jesus Christ. In a Christ-centered marriage, listen to this. Jesus is your one. All the married people, listen to this. If you have your husband or your, uh, your wife next to you, go like this. Listen. Jesus is your one and your spouse is your two. Not opposite. Jesus is your one. And your spouse is your two. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 to 37. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Let me repeat those words. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, let me explain this to you. I, I want to explain this to you, and, and, and I put together this graph uh, to help you understand a little bit better because I see some people are complex when I said, Jesus is your number one, your spouse is number two. What does it mean to be centered? Look at this little graph that I put together. Whatever your center is, put a little question mark there because you might not even know what your center is. It could be you. It could be your kids. It could be your career. It could be so many things. But what is it? Let's just think right now. We're just trying to figure that out. Whatever that is, it will affect your values and your beliefs. It will affect your values and your beliefs. In which then your values and your beliefs will dictate your actions and your decisions. How many are with me here? Can I get an amen? Don't want to lose you. Pay attention. This little graph is very good. And whatever your actions and your decisions are... They will determine what your influence and impact is to other people's lives and in society. Now, if your kids are the center of your life or the center of your relationship, they will basically dictate how you influence and impact the world. If you are the center, then you are the main focus on how you impact and influence the world. So what are you centered on? For many people single in the house or watching online, you might say, well, Pastor Eric, uh, that's what I want. I want Christ to be the center. I want to have a Christ-centered relationship. And, and, and good. My response to you is this. Start now. My response to you is this. Start now. Don't wait to be in a relationship to then make Christ the center of your life. 
oh, but you know, as I, I just can't be by myself. Let's be honest. There are people like that. I can't be by myself. I, I, find, I find it interesting how sometimes I've given a, a couple therapy or I don't know what you would call it, but just let's say relationship therapy. And um, I always talk to people and, and they're like, oh, they're going through a hardship. They're going through a bad time in their relationship. And, and they decide to just break it off with the person. They're not married, you know. It's not marriage. They're just boyfriend and girlfriend. And the first thing people always tell me is, no, I'm going to take some time to focus on God. And I find, it, I find it interesting that these same people that I've given advice to, a lot of them, they tell me, oh, I'm going to focus on God. And they end the relationship. And three weeks down the road, there was somebody else. There are people that can't be alone. And I came to tell you, you don't have to be alone. Because in a Christ-centered relationship or a Christ-centered life, you're never alone. Christ is the center. He is with you. You want a Christ-centered life? You want a Christ-centered marriage? Then start by having a Christ-centered life today. Today. We're in a generation that leaves everything today for tomorrow and tomorrow for the future but God is saying today start today what do you mean pastor Eric well some of you leave for later things like getting involved in your church in a couple of weeks we're having our ignite kickoff I am going to talk about that in a couple of minutes after service I want everybody that wants to get involved and ignite to be part of that kickoff some of you say, well, you know, I'll deal later on with my lust, my promiscuity, or my porn issue. I'll deal later on with my sin. I'll get serious with God later. You know what happens with that attitude is that later never comes. Because later, you say later. And later after that, you say what? Later. How about today, you say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop my thing and I'm going to start God's thing I'm going to stop leading my life based on me and I'm going to let Christ be the center of my life the same pastor Pastor Craig Rochelle put in this perspective he said you don't build a life of righteousness in the future on a foundation of sin today you can't you can't expect your future to be righteous if today you're not letting go of the things that are holding you down. If we want a Christ-centered marriage or relationships, we then need to start building a life today with God, not apart from Him. I did some online searching on, on relationship goals because you know there's, um, there's a lot of goals out there. Oh my gosh, there's gazillions of results when you type relationship goals. And funny pictures. I had some pictures. I'll show them next week. Funny pictures about relationship goals. But listen to this. These are some of the suggestions the smart people on Google say. Make sure to communicate. Very important. That's a good goal. Understand each other. Very good goal. Argue effectively. I found that one funny. Argue effectively. Okay. Make your relationship a priority. 
make time for yourself but as I was going through this list I asked myself this where is Christ in all these where is Christ it sounds more like me 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 I know what me 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 wants but guess what me 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 is not sustainable me 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 is not long-term so I want to encourage you and provide you with one thing that would help you one step I'm not that type of preacher that gives you five steps for victory or seven steps for success but I'm gonna give you one thing that I know will help you how many want to live a Christ-centered life raise your hand how many want your relationships to be Christ-centered I'm gonna give you one thing very simple pray <laughs> what you use that four-letter word pastor yes I use that four-letter word pray the four-letter word we know we should do but many times we don't we prefer fighting with our loved ones telling them oh, I'm gonna tell you what I feel I'm gonna show you who, who's the man of the house sometimes we let our ego and our pride rob us of the blessing but why pray? No, simple. It's what allows Christ to be centered. There's no special formula. But pastor, it, it might be a little bit awkward praying with my wife. She might know the things that I'm going through. Well, think about it like this. If your wife knows what you're going through, you're at least prone of acting on those things. You're struggling with something before you act on it again you remember you got to pray with your wife now prayer could only be awkward if you make it awkward I'll give you a couple of tips my wife and I we try our best to pray together we either pray in the morning with our kids or we pray at, at night together when our kids are sleeping but we, we try and make it an effort to always pray together now we have our own prayer time apart from each other but we make it an opportunity to pray with one another and I'll give you a couple of simple tips for singles and for couples first one keep it short my wife prays short I pray long-winded right babe I'm the one that says oh Lord thy God who are in heaven hallowed be thy name hallelujah and I start speaking in tongues let the fire come down and then I bring my prayer request my wife is like holding on to my hand and she's probably saying when are you going to get to the point that's okay she prays like that I pray like that but when you're praying together make it short 60 seconds don't don't know you know why I say 60 seconds because sometimes we say oh I don't pray with my wife because it's going to take forever make it short 60 seconds second thing keep it consistent keep it consistent Keep it short, keep it consistent. And third, if you miss a day, because you will, don't miss two days. If you miss a day, okay, but don't miss two days. Now, Pastor Eric, I'm not married. That sounds beautiful, but I'm not married. I don't have nobody. Thank you for letting me know. I got something for you too. Enjoy the season 
of singleness. And how do you enjoy the season of singleness? By drawing near to the one that has your future already in the palm of his hand. When I was single, um, I remember that I would have, and you might laugh at me, but I used to have Jesus dates. You may say, Jesus dates? That kind of sounds weird. Yeah, it sounds weird, but it's not weird. I remember that I would take some time, instead of hanging out with my friends some days, I'd just say, you know what, I'm going to dedicate this time to seek God, to draw near. If you've ever heard me preach about the secret place, I talk about that God led me to a place that not even my wife knows what that place is. And that's the place where me and God meet since I was single. And I'll just go and talk to God. But why do I have to do that? Because the more you invest in your relationship with Christ, it will set you up for an amazing relationship with whoever you're going to get into. It's going to guide you. Don't wait for tomorrow when you're in a relationship with someone to try to get your priorities straight. That's why this series starts off with this, starting with a Christ-centered relationship. Enjoy the time of your singleness. Scripture says in James, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Now, if you're in a relationship, you're not married, but let's say you're in a courtship or you're in a dating relationship, whatever, you, whatever terminology they use today. I don't know because I haven't dated in a long time. But whatever that terminology is, pray with one another. Pray with one another. Keep it short. Keep it consistent. If you miss one day, don't miss two. Now, Pastor Eric, oh, when do we pray? This would be my suggestion. Pray at the start of something. So keep it going. It could be at the start of your day. It could be at the start at a meal. It could be at when you're in an event, something is, is happening in your life. My wife and I, when we go through hardships, we go, we hold hands and we pray together. We hold hands and we pray together. Why? Because we realize this. A Christ-centered marriage is like a three-fold cord. It cannot be easily broken. It cannot be easily broken. Will you have hardships? Yes. Yes, you will. Oh, believe me, you will. When you have kids, you even have double the hardships. But it's not impossible. God is for you. He's not against you. He allowed you to be in relationship with that person, not so that what you could get out of that person, but what you could give into that person. I always say this, love is a giver, not a taker. Love gives. So I want to end with this thought. When facing trials, pain, hardship, disappointments, heartaches, issues with forgiveness, healing, make Christ the center. Marriage, let me tell you something. Marriage is not a destination. It's an ongoing journey. How many can say amen to that? Marriage is not a destination. It's an ongoing journey. Would you stand to your feet with me today? How many say with sincerity, and you can raise your hand, that you want Christ to be the center. Raise your hand. Now put your hands down. I want you to 
think about this and I want you to lift up your hand with sincerity as well. How many you know, believe that you got work to do in your relationships? I think all of us. There's no one perfect here. I showed you my junk. <laughs> my wife, come over here. This is my beautiful bride. How many know she's beautiful? Be careful, she's mine. We're humans. We have flaws. You know, I, I realized this the other day. We never ask anyone to pray for us. And how many know that pastors need prayer? Huh? So we're going to pray for you and your relationships. But we're going to ask you to do something. I want you to extend your hands in a moment. And I want you to pray for us. I believe that God wants to do great things with Ignite Church. And as long as we're the pastors of this church, we want God to use us beyond our capabilities. To Him to establish His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So just close your eyes right there where you're at. We're going to pray for you. God, thank you for this morning of glory. Thank you for the reminder that as long as you are centered, Lord, our values, our beliefs will be led by you. And how we respond, Father God, our actions and our decisions and our influence and impact, Father God, will be a godly because as long as you are centered, Lord, speak to us and show us the areas in our lives that we need to change. Lord, there is no perfect relationships, but you love relationships. You called us into relationship with your son, Jesus Christ. And I just pray right now, God, that you will strengthen everyone here and those who are online, God. Help us make the adjustments we need to make, Lord, to put you and make you the center of our lives so that we could have Christ-centered relationships. For those who are married, God, marriage I know is not easy, God. It's hard enough just two people doing it, Lord, without you. So we need you. We need you in our marriages. We need you in our relationships. That you will be the center of our marriages, God. We welcome you. If that's you and you want to welcome Jesus into your relationships and into your marriages, just say, we welcome you right now, God. I welcome you into my relationships. I welcome you into my marriage. And I make you the center of my life, the center of my relationships, Jesus. Help me be led by you so that I could live a Christ-centered life. If you're here today or online and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to just close your eyes right there where you're at. And if you would like to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, I want you to just, if you're here, raise your hand. If you're online, just right there, wherever you're at. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord of your life that you believe that he died and resurrected from the grave you are saved it's a gift don't wait for tomorrow tomorrow's not assured you don't know what tomorrow holds but today you have that opportunity to surrender your life to the loving father the one who gave himself for you to forgive you of your sins and to give write your name in the book of heaven that's his gift for you salvation if that's you, wherever you're at, whether in person or online,
I just want you to make this prayer your prayer. You can put it in your own words or repeat after me. You can say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I open my heart to you. I believe that you died for my sins and you rose again. So I give you my life today and I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. Help me from this day forth live for you all the days of my life. Thank you for the gift of salvation found only in you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. At Ignite, we counted a blessing to engage each week with supporters just like you. If you were blessed by today's word, subscribe to our podcast and share it with someone you know. We believe in spreading the message of Jesus like a wildfire. Thank you for your support and be sure to check us out on any of our social media platforms at Church Ignite. Until next time, be blessed and remember the best is yet to come.